I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined on the virtual sofa by Joe Gaskell. Jill is a strategic change communication consultant specialising in global transformation programmes and C-level communication coaching and storytelling. She has worked with numerous global organisations, including British American Tobacco, Dentsu, BP and Gartner, amongst many others. Experienced in building engaging communication strategies, particularly for functional transformations in IT, HR and finance, she has a proven track record working on major change programmes including digital transformations, organisational design, mergers, acquisitions and joint ventures. So let me introduce you to Jill now. Well, uh, great to see you again, Jill. Um, looking very refreshed after your holiday. Um, on your sort of LinkedIn profile, you uh, include a quote by Mahatma Gandhi, um, be the change you want to see in the world. Uh, whilst introducing yourself with a brief summary of your career to date, maybe you could also discuss why you've included this quote. Yeah, uh, the, the quote is something that's uh, yeah very, very close to my heart. So um, I'm all about um, making a difference in organisations and um, helping people to understand and, and navigate change. And I'm a firm believer that people are at the centre of that. And you have to start by modelling the behaviours and the change yourself as a, as a leader in transformation. So, yeah, so it's, it's very important to me. Um, and just to say thank you for inviting me to uh, to join you on Inside Track. I have been listening over the last couple of months and it's really nice to be able to contribute to the community. So thank, right, you, thank you for inviting me. Um, my experience, I guess, uh, sort of goes back 25 years. Um, I originally wanted to be a journalist and I worked um, within IPC magazines, which is now part of Time Inc. Mm -hmm. And quite quickly got involved in uh, my first change program and I've never looked back since then. Um, at the time, you might laugh now, we were uh, rolling out Windows to replace DOS systems yeah. and uh, we also launched a cyber cafe downstairs in the in the basement of the organisation to uh, introduce people to this brave new thing called the internet. Yeah. Um, and you know, back in, in those days, um, I, I worked very much with IT and it was um, very much IT or technology was seen as, you know, a business cost and necessary evil. Yeah. And our focus then was really um, getting a place on the board, on the management board for the IT director becoming a CIO. Um, so that was really the beginning uh, of my career. And then since then, I've spent the last 25 years working in a number of different transformation programs, uh, largely functional transformation, whether it's technology, whether it's finance, HR, property, um, and a lot of that in large global organizations. So thinking, uh, thinking about uh, the, the sort of progress of my career in the early days, a lot of the programs that I worked on were around maybe outsourcing or offshoring. Yeah. Um, business process optimization, and we very much talked about transformation in terms of change projects um, and became change programs. Then fast forward to today, I am um, working very much in the digital transformation space, and you know we're looking at 
ways of increasing you know customer value customer centricity and being really focused on um, flexing and pivoting with all the changes that are happening uh, happening in the world but uh, un underpinning uh, most of, of, of what I do is always some element of, of technology or di digital. Yes. Now, I think when we first spoke a couple of months back, I was really interested to learn about sort of the, the diverse range of clients that you'd work with um, and, and the way that each had approached their individual change and transformation agendas. And uh, so, so, so given all of that and what you've just said, what, how would you define transformation? Um, yeah, it's the classic question, isn't it? Um, I really liked the definition that I think one of your earlier um, podcast guests um, gave uh, was Lisa Oxley, and she said it's it's radical change. Yeah. And you know, I, I would add to that that it, it is radical change that involves uh, people um, changing their their ways of working, their um, their technology base, their approach to markets, and um, uh, you know approach to to business success. But what I would add to it is it's positive change. Mm. So yeah, I've worked on a, a fair number of organisational change programmes, which can be less comfortable for people. Um, but you cannot help people through a transformation unless there is a positive outcome. So, you know, yes, oftentimes it's we're increasing our productivity, we are reducing our cost base, we are um, taking products to market faster. And um, there has to be a, a positive element to that. Otherwise, you will not bring the people with you on the transformation. Mm -hmm. um, so would you say that um, I, I, totally, I totally accept what you just said and, and, and agree in principle? But there are things that um, there, there are examples where organisations have been doing some really significant change that for a part of the organisation can be seen to be quite negative or, or should I say probably has a much bigger impact upon part of the organisation than others. I can, I can think of a number of number of um, programmes I've been involved in in the past where, for instance, doing major offshoring could argue very strongly that that's a major transformation for the organization but for the people within the business it was significant impact on their personal lives would you classify that type of program as a transformation program or would you or would you classify it in any other way it is a transformation program it is it's that definition that radical change that it impacts people in in different ways and in fact, I've just spent three years working with um, British American Tobacco, which is a you know, very large global organization. And there are a number of different strands to the transformation, um, including uh, technology, including finance. There were lots of different internal corporate functions doing you know, their own change programs. We were specifically focused on, um, on the technology change side of things. So there were uh, lots of positives globally for the organization we were introducing um, way back at the beginning of the program we were rolling out office 365 and windows 10 um, people were having access to you know to new tools um, and this was on the back of a um, a major major sap implementation i think the, the the world's largest sap implementation that they did there as well so there was um, a, a lot of what I would term as positive change. There was lots of good in it for, for people. 
Um, but there was also, particularly within the technology function, there was a um, an organisation redesign. And that's, that isn't going to be a consistently positive message for everybody. What we brought to the programme, or we tried to bring to the programme, was a level of sensitivity. And I think you find in a large global organisation, you uh, you have a certain amount of resource available to you. So yes, there were people um, you know, moving out or moving across to different places within the organisation as part of the org change, but they had a very, we gave them a very strong uh, outreach program that um you know that helped them to settle into into new roles or new functions or 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 help them um outside of, of of the organization there was also a big um a big push to um it wasn't like one of the traditional old um, outsourcing operations but we were opening hubs in in different locations around the globe so there was a recruitment push at the same time that there was you know a, a sort of a downsizing elsewhere uh, in the organization so it it involved a really sensitive balance and making sure that you are engaging with all the audiences and then you asked about my experience earlier a lot of my experience has been in global organizations and culture is massively important you know, yeah. they say culture eats strategy for breakfast you know whatever um whatever you're planning to do you have to get the culture right and whilst you might be aiming for an overall uh, culture across uh, a global organization you will find that that is impacted by local culture by local experiences local Absolutely. leadership and and, and behaviors and so it was really important to that particular program that we were sensitive in the right areas and that we where we were recruiting into um into new places there was a a, a consistently respectful approach to do to doing that and giving you know opening up as many opportunities to retain people as possible right and, and you you're saying that earlier that uh, a lot of what you've done um has been around sort of technical transformation or, or the catalyst for it has been technology um what what difference do you think that the you know the the, the technology-led programs have against um other forms of of, of programs and how how do you how have you do, do you how do you need to adapt your style i suppose to a technology-led program do you know i i like the question um that how is it different? Actually, I would approach it by saying uh, transformation is largely the same. People are at the heart of it. You're requiring people to 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 behave, to act, to um, to do things differently. And technology is uh, meets its sweet spot where people actually use it and leverage it properly. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I think a you know a technology-led program, there is you know naturally a danger that you go into the bits and bytes, and here's your user manual, and you know this is this is how you use this technology, or this is how you tap into this new um, you know data architecture that we've produced, or this is how you access the new global service desk. Um, but ultimately, at the at the the heart of of, of any change, I think you have some. Uh, core engagement requirements or change change leadership requirements where you, know, you you naturally do your change impact analysis you do your stakeholder mapping yeah. you make sure you're assessing change readiness and uh, these days technology underpins underpins most change even people change technology 
enables communication. It enables you to reach out to you know larger audiences. So you know, back to the question, I don't think technology change is any different um, uh, no. to any other any other change. I think I think um, I think some people will say the danger at times of a technology-driven program of change is that organisations can get caught up in the new shiny object approach and and don't go back doing as you as you just said let's really understand why we're doing it what the impact is how we need to take the people on that journey i think if you do it if you do that then the, you've got a much greater chance of one successful successfully delivering the program but more importantly successfully delivering the benefits that you're expecting to deliver as a result of that technology yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you, you touch on a really good point about, um, you know, starting with why, uh, you know, why are we doing this? And, you know, in our transformation toolkit, we always have a core story or a core narrative, as well as those other, you know, ex expected tools that you use. And uh, particularly in global organisations, yeah, you absolutely need that, that core why, you know, why will people, why why should people come along on that journey and embrace and, and, and be a part of it? What I think we need increasingly these days, lots of people, you know, tick box, we've got our core story, tick box, we've done our change impact analysis. It's different. It's different for people, whether you're talking about a dispersed workforce that is global, or I've worked in media companies, which tend to be quite federated. So there might be a holding holding company um, that has a certain set of, of, of core values and they're aiming for uh, an, the overall benefit from, from the transformation program. The individuals within each brand, whether it's within a, a different publication or whether it's within a different, um, a different media agency, they will have their own culture as well. Yeah. Um, and even across an organization where you increasingly these days, you're working cross-function. It's not just this is a technology change for technology people, or this is a finance change for finance people. It cuts across the whole organization. And what is really important is not just the core story, but how you segment and target that to individuals because not everybody is going to, to feel that um, affinity to a single vision or a single cult uh, culture, because everybody has a different experience. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think um, <clears throat> you mentioned earlier Lisa Oxley, and, and, and she, she had a similar experience, I think in the same organisation, actually. Uh, yes, we worked at Dentsu together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've done a piece of work in, in a, a group company of WPP, similar type of entity and uh, and absolutely um you know trying to change something across the whole group organization when it is just a confederation isn't it of in in many cases quite small sme type of businesses um i think the key was always to focus in the you know get the answer to what's in it for me uh, a, a yeah. very individual level and 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 look to try to identify as much as as clear as possible what's in it for the individual and and try to really focus upon that when you engage with that with that individual or that team yes exactly um an interesting um add-on to that is another media company i worked in many years ago was the the bbc 
And it, again, you've got the different channels, you've got the radio stations, you've got, um, you know, a, a very wide uh, group of, of organizations. What really struck me there was as I was going in, I was doing my discovery, I was speaking to you know, different leaders and asking them what the change meant uh, represented for them and, you know, what, what is their role. Every single person that I spoke to said, well, we make TV programs, we make radio programs. And um, that was uh, that was really powerful for me. So whilst, yes, BBC One and BBC Two or Radio Four, they all have their own subculture. They all had a very clear abiding purpose. Yeah. And I think that uh, that makes an enormous difference. And as you say, conversely, in, in other media type organizations where you have a very federated, um, very um, federated structure and they tend to be highly acquisitive or they always used to be. So there's you know, new businesses, yep. small startups, all sorts joining all of the time. And it, it, they do have uh, very different views about what their why is. You have to be sensitive and, uh, as I say, play to push the right buttons for the right individuals and the right groups so that they you know they come along on the overall journey yeah and, and going back to your sort of uh, experiencing of global organizations we, we touched on earlier that one of the key challenges is the sort of diverse cultures that exist in the global organization have you found any other any other challenges that sort of uh, uh, are compounded because it's a global program that you're working on I think um, the challenge, the challenges are the obvious ones. It, it's time and distance. Mm -hmm. So, uh, personally, myself, I've had a, a, a very flexible way of working for for many years because sometimes you have to be up early in the morning to engage with Asia Pacific. You have to be there in the evenings for um, you know for uh, for the US and. Um, and, and those areas. So things like time zones and the distance between you is massively helped by the arrival of, of Teams and Zoom. And you know, even before that, we were doing Skype video meetings and, uh, and things like that. Being able to, to see and connect with people as closely as possible yeah. within those challenges um, it, it is really important. But yeah, again, going back to my most recent experience around digital transformation at, at BAT, I spent the last six months traveling quite a lot, going to the different hubs and nothing beats actually sitting there, you know, drinking the same coffee, mm. being in the same office environment, playing together, working together. And you can do an awful lot with technology to make that feel more real. Yeah. One of the things we were trying to do between these different hubs, they were on a follow the sun type model, was have always on video so that you can still have those water cooler moments with someone who's the other side of the globe. Um, so, yeah, I think you know, time and distance are probably the, the, the key challenges in addition to, to culture, those, those cultural changes. Um, and I, for me, the, the biggest challenge is always the leadership as well. So again distance makes that a little bit a little bit harder but quite often in organizations you will meet leaders who have fully signed up to a transformation program they they're committed to the benefits and they're happy to, to sponsor a program but when you actually ask them 
to model the behaviors that you're looking for from everybody else. Oh, no, no, that's, that's for that's them. For them. That's, <laughs> that's not for me. And those are the transformations that don't work. Um, yeah. I think your last podcast uh, somebody mentioned a 92% digital transformation yes, yes. Uh, failing to, to produce um, targeted benefits. I don't know that it's, uh, it's, it's that high. I know 70% is the one that we've always used and that, that's been high yeah. enough. Um, but I think where you have the problem is that disconnect between the leadership. And they want everyone else to, to do something that they, you know, they're not necessarily doing themselves. So we've done a, a quite a bit of work recently with organizations moving, shifting to um, agile ways of working. And we have literally rebuilt or remodeled offices to support that. So you have Kanban everywhere, you have um, stand-up spaces, everything is writable, including tables, walls, you name it. We've taken doors off, off meeting rooms or reduced the number of meeting rooms. Then you come to the leadership team and you say we're, we're taking your office away or we're taking the door off your office oh no 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 that's for everyone else that's not for me yes and yeah it's much it's much harder unless you've got everybody behave uh, role modeling the behaviors that you're looking for yeah absolutely it's interesting that i i, I was recording another uh, podcast um which would go out earlier than this one um with, with uh, mike Geecock and um and, and, and we're talking about the impact that we have all been having recently with, with lockdown and, and the need to um, manage people remotely. And, and, it, and it is that, yeah, absolute technology is there. We can do that. We can, we can have all of the um, uh, interactions, face-to-face uh, -face interactions through teams and such like. But actually, it's that water cooler moment. It's getting, as you say, getting getting over the desk with somebody and having a coffee with them, really getting to understand some of the challenges and some of the issues that makes the difference. And um, I think moving forward, yeah, I think more, more organisations will um, be much more open to flexible working. But I think there's a balance. It can't be, I can't, I don't think it can be all or nothing. It's going to be what, uh, what, what, what feels right at the time. Um, and, and, and what, what makes most sense for the challenges or the, oppor the opportunities that you're trying to meet or overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I think people keep talking about lockdown easing and going back to work. I don't think we're going back to work at all. I think we're going forward into something that is going to be very new and very different. Yeah. And my sincere hope for the new, the new world is that we retain some of the good things that have, have come out of lockdown. Okay, it's 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 not been a positive experience for, for everybody. But the fact that I've worked with many traditional organizations who had been resistant to flexible working and who have really had to catch up in terms of collaboration technology uh, that will allow people to, to, to work and connect from home. But I've, I've seen leaders in the last few months really understanding the need to connect one-to-one -one with people, to check in on people, to yeah. make sure that their health and well-being are looked after. But also in a transformation program, you need to check in. Are you with us? Are you still there? Are we still heading in the same direction? Are we still sharing the same goals? But that, that spirit of, of communication and compassion, that is what I hope we're going to take forward with us even as we all start to choose 
to work in slightly different ways. I, I've, I've really benefited from the fact that I, I wasn't commuting every day because I've always had a flexible way of working. But when I do commute, it's, it's four hours spent commuting every day. And I've had that time back and I've been able to invest it in my family. I've had homeschooling of three children to do. I've also been able to embrace uh, learning and, and do lots of different things. And I, I hope all of that will continue to benefit me and other people who've had those experiences uh, uh, as well. And lots of friends and colleagues I have who are commuters or have been commuters like me are saying, wow, you know, I didn't realise I don't need to do that commute yeah. five days a week. I can just do it two or three days a week from now on. Yeah, My husband being the same, my husband was a, you know, an absolute commuter. And yeah, he's, uh, he's not going to be doing that anymore. Come no. I, think, I think the other thing to, that uh, I'm hoping that people and organisations take note of is just how quickly people can adapt. And, and when you take away all the politics and you just have an absolute clarity of vision, you can, you can do amazing things very, very quickly. I think most organisations, if as, as, as early as December last year said, well, within three months, the vast majority of your business will be working remotely. Everyone would have laughed at each other. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't have three months in the, in the event. They had two weeks in most cases. But 99% of people got there. Yeah. I found it remarkable that the last few transformation programmes I've worked on have been very much in the technology area, introducing, um, you know, remote working tools and remote access and upgrading these things. And these programmes, particularly if you're rolling out globally, have maybe taken two years to realise. And then at the beginning of lockdown, within two weeks, organisations that had nothing like that before were able to do it. And I yeah. think that's been really interesting because I think a key theme of digital transformation overall is that acceleration of these yeah. things. And people can see now that it is possible. Yeah. And like you say, you don't have to wait for it to be 100% right because 80% is good enough. And, and that's yeah. that agile sort of culture, isn't it? it, it, it I know there's, you know, the, everyone has a different view of what agile means, but I, I, my, my view is is actually we, we get on with it and we and we learn as we go. And that, I think that's what people have started to, to get used to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's all about starting with your minimum viable product, right? As yeah. long as you've got the, the, the basics, you, you get that out there. I was talking to a colleague this morning about that. You give people the skateboard. They might want a car, but you give them the skateboard. Yeah. You don't give them, you know, this bit of the brakes and that bit of, you know, the, the engine. You give them the skateboard, then you give them the scooter and, and, and you move on. And it's the same in... In my particular field, I'm all about the communication and the engagement. Years ago, we would plan quarterly campaigns mm. and you know, the narrative would flow over the course of a maybe two, three year transformation program. And you'd have these, these big moments where you come together. That's, that's gone now as yeah. well. It's, it's, you know, people want their daily news. They, they want regular insights and they also want to be much closer to the people and to the to the change. So back to the the theme of leadership again. Leaders need to be much more open, much more authentic. They don't just need to walk the talk, but they need to let people into into their lives. And I, yeah. I think this remote working has again accelerated the beginning of that. And that's another aspect 
that I hope will endure beyond. Yeah, I, agree. I think it's involvement, isn't it? That people want to feel involved. They don't want to feel done to. They want to feel involved. And, and I think that just coming back to your point, the final point there, one of the benefits of lockdown in this new way of working over the last few months is that a lot of the barriers have been broken down um because you know you, 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 we've been having meetings and it's been in each other's houses and we've had kids in the background or animals in the background and suddenly you just don't you're just a, another person aren't you with the same as opposed to a, you know a senior chief exec against a, a relatively newcomer in the organization you're just another person i think that that's taking quite a lot of barriers down i think yeah, I think we have, you're right, we've become much more human, yes. much more more real to each other. And I, again, I find that interesting in the context of digital transformation, where people are talking about automation and AI and robotics and all these things that sound like they're taking us away from being human. They're absolutely not. Mm. People are the, you know, the core the core to that none of this is possible without a human intervention and creativity and and leadership and these are these are the things that will take forward absolutely so if you have to uh, sort of boil all your experience down into one takeaway what, what would that be Ooh, one takeaway i might give you two some people take advantage <laughs> and get three but uh, one or two <laughs> actually there is just one it's about the, it's about the people and the kind of things that we've talked about over over the last 20 minutes or so um it's about understanding people and um, there isn't just one size fits all for for everybody everybody will go through change differently based on who they are what their own context is where they are at any particular stage in their career or or their life and that then leads on to leadership. We need leaders to be authentic. We need them to lean in to change and transformation. It isn't something that you do to other people. Yeah. It's something that, that everybody's involved in. So I think people, leadership, and the third thing I think is culture. It's around culture. I, I laugh a lot when people say, oh, we've got this um, culture change program and it's a program or a project. Culture yeah. is what you do every day. Yeah. And yes, it may need a boost by having some sort of structure around it, um, but it absolutely has to begin with with behaviours and you know the people and the leaders that are at the heart of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. What's next for you now? Then you were saying that you've obviously come out of um, BAT. What's 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 next for you? So um, I think like quite a lot of people at the beginning of lockdown, um, new programmes that we were about to get involved in were you know, put on pause. Um, that all is, is starting up again. Um, I have enjoyed the opportunity of, of lockdown to go back to, to my uh, change in communications toolkit and added, um, added some more to that. So I've been doing quite a bit of uh, leadership profiling and um, team profiling, motivational mapping, yeah. and that sort of thing, because I think that's that's a really key element of any change program. If if you say people are at the heart yeah, of, of any transformation, so uh, I think in the future I'm expecting programs that um, were put on pause to to come back again, and also uh, to to be adding much more of that um, that that people focus, that leadership and coaching, because um, not everybody is an, a natural 
natural change advocates and um, we need our, our leaders and our teams to um, you know, to actually lean in to that and be part of it. So yeah. I think that's where, where that's I'll where be going. Are, going. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much once again and uh, look forward to, to hearing how, how that goes. Thank you. After we switched off the recording, uh, Jill did highlight that she was more than happy to answer any questions or act as a sounding board for anyone in the Inside Track community who is looking for insights into their own change communication and engagement programmes. The team at Target, her company, have also developed a quick and simple transformation engagement health check tool that they are more than happy to share with you. These can be found on the website at target.co.uk or via LinkedIn or by contacting Jill directly. Jill has become an active member of the Transformation Leaders Hub since we launched a couple of months back. The community is growing on a daily basis and real opportunities are now starting to be shared across the network. So if you're interested in joining, feel free to click on the link uh, in the show notes and um, we look forward to seeing you in the clubhouse.